Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. The adverts, films, stories, and songs lulling us into a belief that it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. The snow-covered, idyllic streets resonating with Christmas cheer. The chill in the air made sweet by the hustle and bustle of excited friends so dear. And yet, this year, 2020. Even the season intended to be wonderful now appears wonderless. A void inhabits our hearts where the wonder once occupied. Where has it gone? We've longed for it, we've needed it, searched for it, and almost begged for it. And yet, there's social distancing and lockdowns, separation from those we love the most, moments cancelled, milestones ignored, anticipation worn out. Emptiness as we've looked on amazed as our precious world around us has been set ablaze, literally. Hope lost. Where is this season full of wonder? Where is the wonder? Maybe we need to look a little harder. What if we're not so different from our ancestors all those years ago? Weren't they also searching to find the wonder? A voice in the wilderness, a light in their darkness, a hope in their desperation. Maybe the wonder isn't just a feeling, a seasonal magic. Perhaps we need to go on a journey of old. Explore a narrative that's familiar, one that we've been told before, but this year, it reads different. It resonates intimately. The hardships experienced by these famously ordinary people perhaps ring truer now more than ever. So, where is the wonder in 2020? Let's find out. I 
sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. In that town, there was a girl, a virgin full of faith, who was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of David. The girl's name was Mary. The angel appeared to her all fierce light and divine presence and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary trembled, wondering at the words. Her blood filled her ears, her breath came fast. What was happening? The angel spoke again. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Everything went still. Peace and wonder flowed through her. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Shepherds, why this jubilee? 
days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And in the days that followed it did indeed seem as though all the world was on the move. Businesses shut down, houses were locked up and homes were packed up into carts. Parents bribed their children to sit still for just a little longer as they made their journeys home. Nestled in amongst the throngs of people on the move was Joseph. Nervous and concerned, his body shielding Mary, he thought about his own story, one which very soon he would tell his son. He was heading home to Bethlehem. When they arrived, Bethlehem was heaving with people, many looking fraught with tiredness and slightly lost. Inwardly panicking, Joseph tried to remain calm for Mary's sake, especially since she had just uttered, the baby's coming somehow managing to sound a lot more relaxed than he felt. He'd pleaded with the final innkeeper who had offered them his stable and Joseph seized it. Finally, Mary gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger 
And suddenly the anxiety, the panic, and even the smell of the stable around them faded away from Joseph as he stared down at the miracle before him, his son, Jesus.
Not long after the birth of Jesus, an angel of the Lord appeared to some shepherds to tell them the good news. The shepherds could not believe they had been chosen to be a part of this story. Frequently the butt of many a joke and reminded by people how unskilled they were. But this angel had come to them and shared with them good news of great joy for all people. A saviour had been born this night, and it was a sight they needed to see. So they made their way to the stable of which the angel spoke, excited and expectant for the miracle taking place. This journey that our ancestors took from different places, backgrounds and roots, their uncertainty, their unpreparedness, their common thread being their humanity. In spite of all their differences, they all experienced the wonder of the Saviour in that moment, all together. They were all included in the story. We are united in a global sigh of relief as 2020 closes its pages, and we look with hope to the future. If the shepherds can bow to the baby newborn King, if Mary can carry the promise with her heart full and her head high, if Joseph can trust and have faith, then we too can believe that the wonder at Christmas is enough. Where is the wonder in 2020? It's in Jesus, where it's always been. For unto us this child was born, unto us this son was given, and he is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.
I was in a store recently and making an order and the shop assistant asked for my name. So I said, my name's Stephen Campbell. And I watched as she wrote it down and observed that she put Stephen with a PH and Campbell, she spelled C-A-M-B-U-L-L. I quickly corrected her and said, my name is Stephen with a V and Campbell. And then I heard my mum's voice in my head because all her life she would say, it's Campbell, C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L and then she corrected it. Hey, names are important, aren't they? I have a friend who, um, when he puts his order in for coffee at Starbucks, although there are other coffee shops <laughs> available, he always tells them that his name is Hey You. And so when the shout out comes for the coffee, it's coffee, hey you, and a number of people turn around and he thinks it's hilarious. 
names are important and names in the Bible are very important, particularly around the Christmas story. There is a story there that's recorded for us in the book of Luke with Zechariah when he goes into the temple and the angel Gabriel comes to him and he tells him he's going to have a child and he's given the name that is to be John. Elizabeth, his wife, knows the name must be John. That was unusual in those times because often they would take on the name of the father or they'd be Zacharias Jr. or Zachariah, little Zachariah. There would be a family connection. But this was a disconnect with the past. He wasn't going to be a priest in the, in the temple. He was going to be the one that was going to be the forerunner of Jesus who had declared there's one coming whose sandals I'm not even fit to untie, Jesus. And we're told very specifically in the Christmas narrative that Jesus will be the name that Mary is to give and Joseph to their child. Let's read that. This is from Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And then the same is said to Mary in Luke 1, verse 31, just to underscore, they both knew what the name of this child was going to be. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and he shall, and he shall be called Jesus. His name is Jesus. Why? Because forever his name is going to be a declaration of what he came to do. Because the name Jesus means the Lord saves. There are only two names that are given to Jesus. There are over 200 titles which are given to Jesus, some of which he adopts himself, but there are only two specific names. The first one is Jesus. The second one is this from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Listen to this. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That was prophesied 700 years before through Isaiah that the child would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And in those two names, we get the Christmas story. Jesus, he shall save the people from their sins. Emmanuel, he's God with us. God has come as a man in order to save us. Now, of course, the titles of Jesus are important. There are 200 that are given. I think I just mentioned that. We haven't got time to go into 200 of them. Fear not, little flock. But let me just mention two of the titles. Now, we understand titles because we know that they give honour or prestige or recognition or authority that goes with a title. A few years ago, I was given this gift from my family. In fact, it was the year when we were just starting to buy land as a church. It's become a Laird or a Lady gift box. It says on the box, box own one square foot of land in the grounds of Dunnan's Castle. As a Scottish landowner, use your title of Laird or Lady for life. So I, in case you didn't know, I am a Laird. I own one square foot of land in Scotland. There we go. One day I will go and view my estate. It's a title I've been given, or I should have paid for in order to go and get it. I've also received another title in these last few years, and there's only one person that's allowed to use this title. And when I hear him use it, it fills me with a sense of pride, and I feel there's dignity attached to the name. In fact, some of you will have noticed if I'm in a conversation with you, if I hear him shout this name, my attention's gone from you and is straight onto him. This is the title I've received, 
Grandad. And I'm proud to bear the name Grandad. Now I did a bit of research. There are websites that are devoted to alternative names that you might want to give yourself in case you think Grandad makes you sound too old. Here's some of the further suggestions on those websites. You could instead be called Ace or Boss or Captain or Champ or Chief or Grand Dude or King or Rocky. I'm simply happy with Grandad. For Jesus, the titles that he took on for himself or were given to him describe his abilities and who he is. Listen to this verse from Luke 19, verse 9 and 10. Today salvation has come to this house because he also is the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The son of man came to seek. That You know what that basically means? The human one. Jesus was human and we must never forget that because if he wasn't human he couldn't have taken the punishment for the sins of the world he had to be a human he was born of a, a woman he ate and drank he got tired he, 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 he had a will he had emotions he was a man and we should thank God a man raised from the dead so there's a man in heaven who's paved a way for us to go into him into the same place because he was a man he was the son of man but he was also this next verse in the Christmas narrative from Luke 1 verse 35 and the angel answered and said to her the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God Son of Man Son of God and Jesus was the perfect in one body, one person, both of these. He was a human being, but he was also the Son of God. And the details of his birth, and the authority in his teaching, and the miracles that he did, and the, the claims that he made, all underscored he was fully God and fully man. I've noticed a lot of churches call their Christmas events spectacular. I think that's a great word to use, but I just want to use it about this, the God-man. He was one spectacular person, born of a virgin, born in Bethlehem, born in history. It's a mystery, but it's marvelous all at the same time. And here's what we want to say to you before we pray for you as we finish this. Throughout Christmas, remember his name. He's the one who saves his people from the sins. He's the one who is the Son of God. And because he's the Son of Man, he understands our condition. He's a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. He understands. We need to know that more than ever this year. But he's also the Son of God in which we find our hope, the perfect one who lived in order to please God and to provide a way for us as Savior. Remember this, his name. As you eat your food, remember his name. As you exchange your gifts, remember his name. As you give greetings to one another, remember his name. Because we meet under the banner of his name. We're saved by the power of his name. And we love the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your name. We thank you that your name means that you have come to save. And I thank you that you came for those who feel lost. 
and those, Lord, who may, from the sound of our voice, may feel lost today. I pray that they will find you, Lord. And you came and you said that your name was Emmanuel, God with us. I thank you that we're never alone. We're not orphans, we've not abandoned, but that you came to show us that we can find our way back to God, back to the Father. So this day, Lord, may we honor you, may we remember you, and may we find our way back to the Father through you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. 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 God bless you and have a very happy, happy Christmas. Christmas. Sure.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.